0: Today, I want to talk about wisdom in community, wisdom in community. We're going to read one of my favorite pieces of Scripture, Philippians 2, verse 1 to 11. If this isn't your favorite piece of Scripture, then it will be today. It is amazing. It says this, Philippians 2, Therefore, if if there is any encouragement in Christ, if any consolation of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, If any affection and compassion, make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility, consider one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, as he already existed in the form of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a bondservant. And being born in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death Do you realize that there's never been a point in history where God did not look and, at people and think of people not doing life together? When God looked at humans, when God created man, He always saw us as doing life together. The whole biblical narrative throughout Scripture is that of family. God chose a family. He chose Abraham and, and through Abraham, that people, that family became a people group known as the Israelites. And then when Jesus walked the earth through his death and resurrection, all of us have been given the chance, you and I, to be adopted into that same family. And that family became the church. And now over the last 2,000 years has spread across the world from predominantly being in the Middle East and all happening in the Middle East, not predominantly, everything happening in a small radius has now spread. That family has spread across the globe. And now I think they consider 33% of all of the earth, 33% consider themselves part of that same family. What am I trying to say here? The Christian, being a Christian, being a believer in church, has to happen in the context of community. Let me say that again. Being a Christian happens in the context, in the reality of community. Uh, Ronald Rolheiser said this, Christian spirituality is just as much about dealing with each other as it is about dealing with God. So many people want to just say, oh, me and God have got this thing going on. Do you go to church? Oh, well, no, I am the church. And, 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 and uh, me and God, we've got this thing going on. No, being a Christian is about accepting Jesus, but then how we deal with one another. You can't say you love God and you don't love church. You can't, you can't say that. That doesn't match up. Those two things don't match up. It's saying like, You love me, but you don't love my wife. No one would ever say that. They might say the opposite. They might say they love Lisa and are not a big fan of me. But you can't claim to be friends and and, and be friends with me and not love my wife. At the same time, we're a package deal, right? Can you imagine that? Oh, I like you, but your wife, oh, no, she's something different. And many men have said that and have got into many big problems, But you can't say you love God and don't love his bride, the church. Can't say that. It doesn't match up. So we love God by loving his house. We love God by how we love each other. The Bible says, if you don't, I think it's in John, it says, you can't say you love me and not love one another. It doesn't match up. Your love for each other shows our love for God. So us as believers happens in community. So we need to look at three things for having wisdom in community. How can we do community well? How can we do this Christian community well? So that's what we're going to look at today. This is not an exhaustive list This is not everything to do with doing community well. These are just three takeaways that we can take from today. Philippians, uh, oh sorry, the first point is this, humility has to be greater than selfishness. When it comes to uh, doing community well, humility is greater. All my maths teachers, right? Humility is greater and selfishness must be smaller, right? That's a maths symbol. I like maths. But humility has to be greater than selfishness. Philippians 2, the scripture we read in verse 3 and 4 says, Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility, consider one another as more important than yourselves. Great tips here on how to do community well. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. Proverbs 22 verse 4 says, Humility is the fear of the Lord or a reverence for the Lord. Its wages are riches and honor and life. Hands up if you want riches, honor and life. It starts with humility. It starts with being humble or working to be humble. A humble person knows they are not the center of the universe. Right? Right? To do community well, it's crucial to look around you and where other people are at and think about, how can I help them? That's humility, right? To do community well. To see others as more important than what you're feeling on that particular day. That's humility. How can I impact them and put courage in them? I would encourage you today when you come to church, many of us, and just look straight ahead when I say this, Many of us would come and all we're thinking about is ourselves. Do I like this song? Did they smile at me at the coffee desk? Am I having a good day? I don't really feel like being friendly this morning. I'm just not in the mood for people today. Well, why are you at church? It's all about people. The church is people, right? So many of us just will come and think about ourselves. But the Bible says, do not merely look out for yourself. This doesn't mean that you can't. I think many Christians, extremists would go, oh, I can't look out for myself. I can't. I have to deny self. It says, don't merely look out for yourselves. So you're allowed to look out for your own interests. That is okay in Scripture. But not to the point where you do that and not look out for others as well. That's where it becomes an issue. Do we understand that? Many will say, oh, I can't look out for myself. Oh, I have to uh, 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 victimize myself and make myself worse because I have to look out for others. No, it says don't merely look out for yourself. Don't come to church with an introspective look. Oh, how can I do well today? How can I get ahead? No, don't merely look out for yourself, but look for the needs of others. Don't, don't let yourself be the focus. And I thought about this. When we practice this, when we start to come to church and humble ourselves and look out for the interests of other people, who can I encourage? Who can I speak to? How can I use my words to build someone else up? I love encourage. It means to put courage in someone, to to build someone up, to drain and empty yourself, to lift someone else up is one of the most noble things we can do. But when we practice this, The good thing is we trust that God is placing people around us to do the same to us. So you can be assured that as you're giving out, someone else is going to be pouring into you. Like in a good marriage, if I'm focused on building my wife up and and lifting her up, and husbands, we do that to our wives, we can be rest assured that they will want to do the same for us. You're giving, but you're also trusting that God is going to be providing someone to put in to you as well. So just as much as I look out for you, I can be sure that someone is looking out for me with the same intensity. That's where the trust in God comes in. I don't feel like it. And if I just give, then I'm going to be less. But we know that someone else is going to be doing the same for us that God's prompting someone to pray for you to encourage you to help you in your time of need so you don't actually have to worry about yourself because you're trusting that God's got someone to do that for you is this making sense James 4 verse 10 says humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up doesn't say humble humble yourself and I'll lift myself up no humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up as believers, we're to imitate Jesus in radical humility. All right, let's get this right. The church is the only place where an all-powerful God with all authority didn't use it and abuse it to get ahead for his own benefit. But laid down his life, he chose to humble himself and suffer for our sake so we could get ahead. Now, we are not exemplified this in any other area, are we? Now, I'm not calling out government officials, but if we look at governments all across the world, what are they up to? Their own interests. Many of them are doing their own, and and usually the ones who aren't don't get ahead because they're trying to do things for the better of the country and people can't recognize it straight away. We look at pastors in churches and what are they doing with all of their authority and power? Trying to get ahead themselves. I'm not calling anyone out here, but we're all aware of it, correct? Should I just move on? We all get the point, right? I don't want to get in trouble here. But it's very, very dangerous position to not have humility because quickly we make it all about us how can I get ahead? How can I get some authority to be, have power over someone else and get ahead on my own intentions? But Jesus didn't do that. He didn't consider equality with God something to be grasped, the scripture says. He said he laid down his life for you and I. Doesn't that give us such a great example of how we should live as believers? That we should, in community, we should humble ourselves for the sake of someone else. Come on. This isn't easy to hear, but it's how we should live as Christians. I read, I I thought this, only through communion with God can we have unity with man. What do I mean by that? I said this once in Dr. Masiska, who was a great servant in our church, servant in the government, was third in line to the presidency, secretary to the cabinet, would preach on our stage here. He said that this thought changed his whole mentality to do with government. And and, we said, and, and, and I preached this one time, and I, I didn't come up with it myself. I'm sure I've got it from someone else. I'm not claiming it right. But I said, strong vertical relationship with God allows for healthy, horizontal relationships with people. But we have to get the first one right. A strong vertical relationship with God allows us to have healthy horizontal relationships with other people. If we can't come to God and ask Him for help and humble ourselves before the Lord, we cannot have unity with one another. Pastor Jared said, Without the fatherhood of God, we can never have the brotherhood of man. It all starts with humbling ourselves and, and growing in our relationship with God so we can have healthy community. Amen? So we need to humble ourselves, and we need Jesus. I, I, I think about this. You know, no wonder so many couples and so many relationships end in divorce because partners, mostly men, aren't willing to humble themselves and to, to love their wives when it costs them something. Many men are willing to take, take, take. And, and look, women do the same as well. It's not Men are not all bad, right? And all the men said, amen. We're not evil. It's men and women both have problems in relationships. Let's just get that straight. But it's a lack of humility and, and, and a lack of a strong relationship with God which causes divisions with the people around us. And in marriages, this is amplified because you're living with the person. So you can't, oh yeah, but we won't have problems because we love each other. That love will run dry quickly. Let me tell you that much, right? It happens. So it's about having a strong, we need Jesus to have strong relationships with one another. How can I forgive that person? Only through God's grace. How can I be a good parent and a spouse when all I've seen is divorce and family carnage by God's power? Through Jesus, I can then build strong uh, relationships horizontally. But it starts with humbling ourselves. To look out for others defines us as Christians and should define us as a church family. Amen? Amen? Come on, I'm not just saying this for fun, but this should define us as a church to look out for one another. Colossians 3 says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you, and over all of these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. So we need to humble ourselves, amen? All right, we're going to keep moving. The second thing is we need to think community over individual, individualism or, or individualistic or being an individual. We need to think community has to be greater than being individualistic. We have to think of the community more than ourselves. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 12 says, The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. So we are all separate Parts of one body coming together to make one body. We're all combined, we're all connected, we're all helping each other. Every one of us, we believe as a church that every one of us has a ministry in building up the body. We are a community, amen. I remember when we did our fifth birthday, we did a video and we interviewed some of the people who were here from the very start. And we said, What do you love about Global Heart Church? And I was slightly offended that only two out of the 25 people said they loved the preaching. I was like, I'll give that to you, Jesus. Soften their hearts, Lord. <laughs> Change their minds. No. I had to humble myself then. But they said, no, I love the community aspect of church. Many times you can go to church and you just go in, you consume, you sit there, you listen and you go. And that's it. But that's not, where, well, that's not what we're about as a church. The church is a family of believers coming together to impact communities with the salvation and love of Jesus. We here are a family, but we also have family around the world as Global Heart Church. I felt like when the team came the last couple of weeks, I felt like they were family straight away. Like distant cousins, distant Mzungu cousins from somewhere just coming to our church. But straight away, right? We felt that. It's like it was the same heart, the same spirit, the same mind. We are a family of believers. And when we meet together and how we operate as a church is based on the fact that every individual is important and has an active role to play in building God's house. Can you catch that with me for a sec? One of my favorite preachers is like, can I talk? Can I talk? I I want us to capture that, right? All of us are important. Every person here is important. No one on stage is more important than anyone in the crowd. Let's just get that straight, right? No one up the back or anywhere. No one serving is more important than no one or someone not serving. Everyone is important. What you do doesn't define how of a better Christian you are. We are all important, right? But some of us might have Uh, more important parts of the body than others. That's okay. That's part of the body, right? Some talk more than others, like the mouth. I'm the mouth this morning, okay? I'm just lots of talking. But we are all important and we all have a role to play. And And that's the goal of the church community, is that everyone has a place. Everyone is loved. Everyone is accepted. Everyone is celebrated. Come on, can I get an amen? everyone's graciously told the truth, everyone is included, everyone is encouraged, spoken well of, supported, challenged, pushed forward, and that there is a place for everyone, and this should be made known by everyone else, okay? And it's in this same community where we ultimately will fail and fall short of God's glorious standard. So we're all important. We all have a role to play, but where we will all fall short. We might lie to someone. We might cheat someone out of something. Hopefully not cheat on someone. We will yell at someone. We might demean or belittle someone, you know, accidentally or even intentionally. We might covet someone else's things or their life or where we will lust and desire after someone or something. We will all make mistakes here. But it's this same community where we will find, hopefully, forgiveness at the feet of Jesus and hopefully at the hands of each other. That's the type of community we need to be here, where everyone can find forgiveness and where we can all extend forgiveness to one another. You know, community trumps individual living. Now, I come from Western society who has lost the plot on community living. Can I say that? Australians have lost the plot. Like, I I know I live away from my brother, but even when I was in Australia for that 20 months or so during COVID, I only saw my younger brother four or five times in two years. Like, we've just got it wrong. We've got the whole family aspect of things wrong. When people are in trouble, many people don't have anyone to turn to. There's so much mental health, there's depression, there's this. And a lot of it, I think, would just be fixed through community, through just having people to talk to, realising that their issues aren't as bad as what they think they are. And I feel like here, we've done that well. Now, it's not perfect without its challenges, you know. We can all agree on that. Many of us still might struggle with these things. But I find in African culture, it's amazing how people come around one another. And I love it how it's not cousins, no, it's brother and sister. I, I, I used to get confused. What, what do you mean? That's like your 18th brother. You've told me you've got 18 brothers right now. What's going on? Oh, it's my mum's sister's son. Oh, oh okay, oh, that makes sense. So I'm going, oh, cousin. No, but I love that, brother and sister. It's great because it's family. It's community. And that trumps individual mentality. You know what an individualistic mentality leads to? It leads to a me, me, me approach to life and to relationships and to how we view church. What do I mean by that? You start coming to church in an individualistic mentality with, what can I get out of this? What is this going to do for me? Not what can I give and what can I bring? You know, hey, I'm giving more than I'm getting. This is not right. How can I get more than what I give, right? That's what individualistic living looks like. We cannot bring that into the church. Can everyone say amen? Community and humility is not about me, but it's about God and others. Caring about what God cares about. Making things in my life important what God thinks is important. So we need to come back to community and choose to have unity. And my last point is this. What the enemy is going to work to do is he's going to work to get us isolated and in disunity. So the enemy's plan, God's plan is for community and family. And and we know that God's plan is community because even in the Godhead, in the Trinity, there is relationship. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, three equal, uh, but three in one, one in three. It's incredible how God is in relationship. We can do a whole series on the Trinity. But disunity is the plan of the enemy. Get people fighting amongst each other. Get people in disunity. Get people in isolation. That's the enemy's plan. But wisdom in community says unity over isolation. Humility over selfishness. Community over individualistic living. And unity over isolation. You might say, well, these are all the same points. They all say the same thing. It's true, though. We need to have unity over isolation. Philippians 2, the scripture we read, says, Make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. That could be the motto of our church, right? That could be the vision statement. All right, we're going to be of the same mind. The same love, united in spirit, intent on one, pers- uh, one purpose. But the truth is, in community, you will experience the highs and lows of human relationships. That's the reality of being in community. You can have great unity and achieve great things, and also, in the same place, have divisions which can cause great pain and suffering to people what happens is when you've been hurt by community, you have two options. One is to isolate yourself and think you're protecting yourself. The other is to come back into community. And the only way to get through the pain and hurt of broken relationships is how? Through healthy relationships. Okay, I thought about this, right? Riding a bike is amazing. I like riding my bike. I'm just teaching the girls how to ride their bike. And uh, one of them goes a little bit faster than the other, which means she's a little bit more prone to accidents and mistakes. One of our children has got cuts on her toes, scrapes on her legs, cuts on her arms and everything. And the other one is very dainty, doesn't like to hurt herself. The other one is just full steam ahead. And this is great, like, I enjoy both aspects of it, but one has much more accidents when riding her scooter and her bike. Like the other day, I, I think I shared this, I saw her riding down our driveway and she, she was just learning how to use the brakes. So she slams the brakes on. And what happens when you're going fast and you slam brakes? She goes right over the top and face first into the concrete. Thank the Lord. And Pastor Lee said that she was wearing a helmet. Make sure they're wearing their helmets. Yes, love, I'll do it, quick. She had a helmet on, she was all good, everything was fine. But she had a choice then, right? Oh, I've been hurt by this thing. To protect myself, I'm never going to ride a bike again. And don't we do that as believers? Oh, that person hurt me. I'm never opening up to anyone ever again i'm never uh i'm never growing i'm never uh opening up myself to someone because they just hurt me that church burnt me i'm never going to that church again right and I'm not diminishing our pain or your pain of, of being hurt I'm not saying that it's not real but to think that to get through that is by isolating yourself to protect yourself will just only keep you in hurt and bitterness. The only way that Lily can, oh gosh, I said her name. (laughs) Delete it from the tape. Protect my children, So The only way that she can replicate the feeling of riding a bike again and getting the joy that can only come from riding the bike is by how? Getting back on the bike and riding the bike again. Why do we think it's different for us in relationships? If you've been hurt, the only way to get the joy that comes from being in community is to get back in community. Even though it might have hurt you, even though it might have pained you, the only way to experience that joy and that love and that unity is by getting back into community. Experiencing hurt and isolating to protect will only keep you hurt and neglected. You need to re-engage with God and others. You know what maturity says? When, and, and again, I'm not diminishing that you're... I've been hurt by relationships. I found that the most reasons people leave church is not because other non-Christians make fun of you for going to church. That's, I don't care about them. I care about the person who says they're a Christian... Who really hurts me? And I had that. Someone betrayed me and backstabbed me, and I was like, How dare you do that? And blabbed to the pastors about me without bringing it to me first. And I was so hurt by it. I was like, How dare this person do that to me? And I had a choice. I can either give that hurt and that pain and the offense to Jesus and forgive them, or stay bitter and hopefully they get something bad that happens to them don't i know you've all thought it before but we think that right it's like drinking a cup of poison and hoping it's going to hurt the other person that's what bitterness does that's what holding on to hurt and neglect does but saying god i give that to you and maturity says i'm going to believe that i will be for others what I wish someone was for me. I'm going to be for someone else, what I wish and prayed that so- that person was for me. And even though they weren't, I'm not going to sit in my hurt and neglect, but I'm going to say, God, help me to be a mature believer that I'm going to love this person and help them and put courage in them, which I wish that person had done for me. That's what maturity says, amen? So the, the, the body of Christ, the the community that we find in church, the people, these things are the most important things in life. We were laughing with Pastor Justin because it's his birthday today. We got him a small gift and it's his favorite, can I tell them just, it's his favorite pack of biscuits, right? Could have got him, I don't know, AirPods or something else, materialistic things. And yes, this is a material thing, but it, we were laughing because the older you get, the less you care about that stuff. And you care about the stuff that's important. And for him, it's Tim Tams. That's his important He was, oh, I'm so happy. I could have got him like a brand new pair of jeans. Oh, yeah, thanks. Get him Tim Tams. He loved it. He was so good. Loved it. But the older you get, you realize that the people are better than things. Relationship is better than an Xbox or a PlayStation. That people is better than stuff. Someone up at the back didn't, disagree with that. Come down the front, we will pray for you. We'll have an altar call at the end. People over stuff, come on. In Jesus' name, be healed. Right now, release the PlayStation in Jesus' name. They've got RSI from the controller. Oh gosh, I'm cramping. Charles Spurgeon said this, hold everything earthly with a loose hand, but grasp eternal things with a death-like grip. The body of Christ, community, people, these things are eternal. The worship team can come up and help me as we close. Choose to stick with the imperfect group of people that God has placed you in here at Global Heart Church. I'm not saying we're perfect. I'm not saying you won't get hurt. I'm not saying that everything is going to be perfect and fine. You will experience hurt. You will experience pain. That is the fact of life. But the only way we can get through the joys of life is through this same community and having unity with one another. Even when it's messy, don't leave. Even when you get hurt, don't leave. Don't go out by yourself. The Bible says, 1 Peter 5 verse 8, stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to to devour. You know who the enemy's after? The people on the fringe. The people not in the middle. The people not in the center. Easy to pick them off, to get them out. If you're new with us, get in the center of everything. It's the only way you'll survive. It really is. And I'm telling you from experience. I could have got on the fringe of church and I would not be, I don't think I'd be a Christian. And I've seen my friends go to the fringe and have an attitude, oh, I've heard this preaching before. Oh, I've heard this all before. Oh, yeah, I've, I've seen this before. Oh, yeah, I know that. I know this. No humility, individual me, me, me over community. What happens is they go on the fringe and the enemy picks them off one by one. If you want to walk in the destiny that God's got for you, get in the center. Get in the middle. Don't isolate yourself. He'll just pick you off. Now, we could argue that the people who need to hear this message are probably not here right now. Right? Right? The people that need to hear this message probably got offended last week. Didn't come. Pastor Jared didn't smile at me. Then I can only speak to him for two minutes. Right? We could say that the people who should be listening to this message probably are coming to the 1030 service. No, that's naughty, isn't it? That's naughty. Stop, stop, stop. But... All of us need to realize this because it might not be happening now, but it could happen soon. You might think, oh yeah, I'm all good. I'm, yeah, I'm all for community. And then you get offended. And then I might say something that offends you or someone who you, leads you, says something or does something that offends you and you get bitter or someone looks at you the wrong way. or some, I don't know what it is, but it's bound to happen. Because it's in this community where we have imperfect people serving a perfect God, where we all make mistakes. But it's, will I be mature? And will I humble myself and say, God, you're more important than what's going on in my life right now. I am not the center of the universe. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's just thinking of yourself less.